This is Ron Thurston, and we are live in New York City today with Kristen Conklin. Welcome to Retail in America. This podcast is part of the Retail in America tour in an Airstream trailer, my year-long journey to discover these incredible retail heroes all across the country, celebrating our retail culture, community, and careers. Every one of these episodes will be recorded in person, like a conversation around the campfire, telling stories, sharing what inspires us, why we love what we do, and always with a sense of retail pride. Today, we are on stop number one of the tour, New York City. But before we get started, I want to thank the three important title sponsors fueling the Retail in America tour and this podcast. Spotify Advertising. Spotify is the number one podcast platform in the U.S., with over 380 million monthly active users around the globe, over half of which are supported on the ad platform. Spotify advertising will help you reach and target your audience across devices, locations, and formats. Ubic, over 300 companies in 80 countries trust Ubic to drive their retail performance at scale, get real-time visibility into multi-location business execution, digitized task management, and consistent digital mobile learning for their teams. And KWI. KWI is the industry's only true turnkey omni-channel platform for specialty retailers. With over 35 years of experience, let KWI help you execute flawlessly with the features that matter most, including endless aisle, clienteling, mobile checkout, inventory management, e-commerce, and more. The links to learn more about all three of these great brands will be in the show notes. And with that, let's get started. So this morning, I'm very excited to have this conversation with the incredible Kristen Conklin. Kristen is a retail and fitness guru, 10-time marathon runner, a fashion and retail professional for over 20 years. Today, Kristen's the boutique leader of Lafayette 148 New York in Soho, and we will learn more about her retail career on the show today. Kristen has coached and managed hundreds of sales professionals and leaders in various retail settings, leading them to exceed their goals and advance professionally. And I can't wait to hear more about that. Kristen holds an MBA in business management, a BA in psychology, and has taught college students various marketing and management courses. She is also certified as an artist of the spirit coach, leading people into a more spiritual path with purpose and a certified vinyasa yoga instructor. She also teaches volunteer yoga in a program sponsored by the New York City Parks Department called Shape Up NYC. Kristen is also currently training for the Brooklyn Marathon and the 2022 New York City Marathon in the fall. And with that, wow, Kristen, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ron. This is so exciting. So fun. We, um, we, discovered this morning this is our sixth time meeting yes we've never actually worked together we have not yes but our paths continue to cross as they often do in retail yeah so thinking about kind of retail in america and retail communities before we hear more about you just tell us how you would describe the retail community here in new york city sure It's such an interesting time now versus the years that I've been in New York City because we've experienced so much in the last two years with the pandemic and the mass exit of the city and some violence and things that I'd never seen before in the time that I'd been here. I'm not a fearful person and I love the beauty of this city as being able to go out and just exploring and enjoying. So there's things that 
I consider now in my role that I haven't had to think about so much in a long time, testing to see that people are not positive with COVID. And that creates other layers that you have to consider when you're dealing with people. We don't know what this person has experienced, whether that's my coworker, whether it's someone walking through the door, clients, etc. So these were things that I've always had to experience. But like I said, there's so many more layers now in where we are. And the other part is some brands now are wildly successful because after people have gone through this period of minimalizing or coming to basics and essentials, well, now the party's getting started again. And some businesses are just busting out of the seams you can't keep up. And then other businesses are challenged and need to navigate through where they are in their journey and what's happening in New York. So look, the beauty of New York is you never know what you're going to get. So (laughs) this is what I've, what I'm experiencing, what I've observed. How would you describe just the general community of retail teams in New York? Because I do think there's a special bond that New York teams have because you are experiencing things that maybe are more intense than other cities. Do you yes. ex- do you feel that way? I certainly have. I absolutely. I keep in touch with almost everyone that I've worked with or have had some moment with in my career and with a genuine connection. And that's the beauty of New York is you really just have to be open to that and to go for it and not shy away from it. And that's where the most beautiful experiences have come from. And the community is so strong. You just have to keep your eyes open yeah. and be willing to have that conversation and and keep the connection going. The connections are there, but when you leave that moment, well, you've got to be able to get in touch with that person. Like It's a little easier now, but for me growing up, you had to have your card. You had to be able to write down the number or memorize the number. Right. Now, it's a little easier. You know, I would consider myself a LinkedIn super user, you know, as are you. Yes. I think that's a big part of our community, which we'll talk about. Sure. But I want to hear more about you. Tell us, you know, without job by job, year by year, like what has inspired you to be in this industry sure. all these years? Sure. So my career has always been dealing with the public. 15 selling jelly donuts at the bakery. And what I loved most about the ability and very similar to being in retail are the hours that you can sometimes decide or not decide. So I used to work the five to two shifts because as you and I discovered this morning, we're early birds. (laughs) And I loved working the five to two shifts because then I could go to the beach in the afternoon or see my friends. And I was always up early. And the connection that I was able to make with people early in the day. So I started doing that and it just kind of evolved from that. I have worked in restaurants and bars and this is where I've met people that are still in my life so that transition from more service into retail and luxury it really is all the same thing it's just different products and different people that you're meeting along the way so it really is so beautiful and I'm a native I love this city I during the entire pandemic understood why people were exiting but I felt very compelled that it was important to stay here to have that resilience and to continue to support anything and everything I could in every way possible. Mm -hmm. And that's who I am. That's an authentic part of myself. And there are people in this community who continue to do that. So we're still, 
you know, I'm with everyone every single day and I'm so proud of that. So thinking about growing to becoming store manager, general mm -hmm. manager, the, the roles that you've had for really important brands. I remember one of the, the second time you and I met is you were leading the Showfields store yes. here in New York City, which at the time was the probably the hottest thing happening in retail. Yes. And the new ideas and the funnest store, funnest store on earth. The most amazing store in the world, Something I think was their like tagline. That, you know, which yeah. Is, it's great. It's a big statement. Sure. And I walked in and you were there. Yes. And I remember that day. And you know, that's a lot of responsibility. It's four floors. It's a lot of people. It was a new business model. You know, so how did you gain the confidence to have a role like that? Well, it was accidental. And I was open to anything that was presented to me. And this was an opportunity. And it was so interesting because it was the most creative process I had gone through in an interview to be considered for such a prestigious position. And I was forced to do things that I'd never done in an interview process and creating presentations and what would I do and how would I handle the experience of bringing in new people to something that didn't really exist. So unicorns are very important in retail because they're out there. And those are the people that you want on your team because they're truly magical. And that was what landed the ideas and the things that inspired me personally and that's what inspired my presentation and I was honored that I was offered the role and even when I was thinking back to my interview process it didn't matter to me whether I got it or not I was learning and doing so many different things that I and tapping into a creative part of my brain that I hadn't used in so long sometimes you just have to you know you do that and then you don't know what's going to come of it and then other beautiful things come from that mm -hmm. so that was what inspired the conversation and then going out and finding the unicorns not so easy and building this team and in fact a young lady that had worked for me just reached out to me last week on LinkedIn and I hadn't seen her in over two years what's happening where are you now what are you doing so we're having coffee so Kristen in the intro I had mentioned you were an artist of the spirit coach and dedicated to fitness, dedicated to marathon running. You're a yoga instructor. You do volunteer work. That is a lot of time and energy that we know, in addition to a lot of time and energy that your role as a general manager takes. Yes. So how do you balance all of that time? So when you do things that you love and it comes from your soul, your energy is boundless. I'm a high energy person, which is why I work in retail. You have to be high energy and know when to turn up your volume, turn down your volume. So for me, the coaching and the spiritual path is important for me as a human being. It's hard being a human. And we deal with that all day in every capacity in retail. And for me, fitness fuels my fire. And that's not a secret to anyone who knows me. So it goes hand in hand. There is no separation. So the more you do what you love and follow that path, then everything else gets a little easier. And then you can test the waters. So when you run a marathon, some really simple things are pack light, leave everything else behind, bring your sneakers, and then just go. And when you go on the retail floor, those skills apply because once the doors are open, the music's on, the lights up, anything goes.
that is really what inspires me personally and professionally, and it just goes hand in hand. And the giving back. We talked a lot about investing in people, and you may not know where they're going to go in their path, but you believe in people, and you hope that they listen and take what you're sharing with them and believe the same things you believe or you see in them. We've talked, Ron, about the Saturday morning meeting and how you wrote in the book, this is the moment of the week. There's no meetings. There's no phone calls. You're just out there with your people and with the clients. That's beautiful. That's like a race. Nothing else matters. Who you're with, your team, the customers, they're the most important person in the room. And remembering that no matter where you are and what you're doing is so critical. And play it forward. So for me as a New Yorker, we've gone through some really tough times. I volunteer with organizations that are so meaningful to me because not everyone's paying attention. Mm -hmm. There's so many people who live in the city that are alone. The most dense and amazing city in the world has the most lonely people. I participate in a program for the New York City Department of the Aging for almost two years now. I spend one hour a week speaking to Francine Schwartz, who's 67 years old and lives on the East Third Street. I don't miss my phone call. I show up for her and she shows up for me. I had a hard time last week and when I came home the other day, there was a handwritten note in the mail from her. Mm. Better days are coming. Wow. I'm volunteering and spending time with her to lift her up. Yeah. And she lifted me up. So that's what we do. Mm. And every day in our stores, we have the ability to do that with strangers. Totally. Every day. Every day. And you don't, I think we, we lean into the task of what needs to happen instead of often of like, I have the gift of connecting to strangers every day and you don't know what's going on in their life. And that's such a beautiful example. It's so true. You don't know. Hmm. You don't know. Right. And that is so powerful. So use it in a good way. That is retail pride at its core. Yes. It's true. So true. When you kind of think about your most proud moments in the spirit of retail pride, yes. what, what are those? That was this perfect segue to answer the question because the people, Rocky and Max, were the people who inspired me taking a risk. I was running the biggest business in the world for Salvatore Ferragamo. And I really believed in creating a role for an in-between position. You've got to set people up for success. So a selling assistant position is often not in a structure because it's not profitable. But you've got to invest in people for them to flourish. So I fought to have this role developed. And two of them, one in men's and one in women's. And because the business was that way, that was the reason why. And Rocky and Max were brought on board and wild. So they were both brought in at the same time for selling assistant roles. Fast forward to 2021, they both took different paths, but they were both highly successful out of the gate. Yeah. Rocky went into selling and then has now grown into a general manager for a boutique in Soho and works right around the corner from me and probably a role that's bigger than the role I hold today. Hmm. Max, who is over six feet tall, by the way. So when I met him, I had to coach 
to behaviors around people my height because I'm only 5'2 <laughs> and those types of things. But we got, um, we had a great rapport and the people who above me who didn't always believe or support the decisions I was making, I'm like, it's really important. This person is ready. And then he was promoted into sales, came out of the gate as a top seller. And now he's still with the company and is still um, pursuing his career path and is now in leadership. So I'm so proud because I really followed my gut and my heart in something I know and really believe in as the basis for what could be successful for an individual on their professional journey, but also in growing a business and really setting people up for success wherever the path takes them because it clearly can take them into different directions. And that, to me, speaks volumes. It's enormous. My question is, what did you see in Rocky and Max that maybe was not on a competency list or like there was some magic that they showed you yes that you recognized as a leader how did you learn that skill they were both excellent listeners so when i saw rocky recently as soon as we made eye contact she said progress not perfection and that was something i had shared with her and said use this mantra and she uses that mantra almost every day and shared back with me all of these experiences And similarly with Max, he listened to my coaching on what it's like to be a tall person and how that can be intimidating to others and how do you adapt to who you're working with. And he did that in our experience and then did that with clients. So he was open. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because in coaching, it isn't necessarily a criticism. We call them blind spots. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that with me because now I can do something about it. And that's a path forward. And even recently where I am today, I had a coaching moment that was given to me. And I'm like, wow, okay, this is just information. And now this is so great because I can do something with it. And that is really an important thing that you may not see or check off on an application. Right. Agreed. And to be an advocate for your people. Yes. When needed. And so you did that and you you fought for them. And that is, it's so inherently different and unique about our retail industry is that it actually does require other leaders and people around you to identify those skills and bring people forward and to find people that do that really well. And you've done it for both of them. I'm sure that they're also very grateful to you and pay that forward. Just about you for a moment, because you have a bigger, much more broad education Yes. Than many people do that work in retail. And that it's is true. It's just the reality often mm-hmm. you know, far more than than I do. Many people that I know. Tell us why you made that choice to invest so much time and energy of your life sure. into your education. It's so interesting because when I got my MBA, we didn't know what the Internet was. There were barely cell phones, and we were probably still changing the channel on our TV, getting up and turning the knob. (laughs) Um, So my undergrad was in psychology, and even though I went to Baruch, which is a business school, I knew I needed that business sensibility to be able to run a business and having an entrepreneurial spirit and ultimately wanting to have my own brand or business, which is still on my bucket. (laughs) 
um, I felt that that was really necessary. And I learned so much in that one year, one and a half years of going back to school. And you're right. There aren't that many people who do what I do that invested in their education that way. I, I just knew for myself I needed to have that component so that I could really walk my talk and then speak to the people I needed to speak to in my function. So what I think it gives me is the ability to have that macro and micro thought process and at the same time. So when I'm listening to executive leaders, I'm listening to them on the macro level, but then I have to deliver it to my team on a micro level because we're executing on a day-to-day basis. So what it has given me is that beauty and the ability to navigate between the two worlds and bridge the gap. And the environments that I've worked in, the case I just shared with you is that the people who have my, who I have their ear, listen to the things that I'm saying, whether they believe it or not, they may, you know, take a leap of faith with me Mm -hmm. and then vice versa. I can share back that message in a fun way or in a way that my team can understand so that we can get out there and be on the front lines and do what we're being asked to do. And that's tricky because sometimes you can't say the why, or when you say the why, it doesn't connect. So you just have to keep going back at it, right? And just right. keep trying to remember who your audience is. Right. And you've worked for some really powerful luxury brands. Yes. Who may not always tell you the story. Correct. And I do think you need to have the ability to then tell the story in a way that's relevant for your team that connects the dots. Instead of reading the script, right. you know how to interpret the message that motivates your team. Yes. Find out what's important to them. Know what's important to them. Because then there's a better chance that they'll be listening. How do you know what's important to them? You ask. (laughs) You just keep asking the questions. When you think about the retail industry at scale, what do you dream about? Sure. Well, I think what is so beautiful that I've witnessed in my experience is the growth span of smaller brands with purpose around sustainability and the future of our planet and our day-to-day, which wasn't as prominent for myself growing up and how different and more accepting it is in our culture to be an entrepreneur and go build your own brand and do what you believe in. And that wasn't integrated into my younger years. So I support that fully. And that to me is the beauty because then there is this next generation and what we've done. So right now we're fixing what we've done, but planning for the future. And that for us is a wonderful experience, I think, because we have so much rich experience that we can bring to the table as long as that next generation is willing to listen Mm -hmm. and accept and hear some of the things that they may not have experienced and having that conversation. Yeah. And you work for a brand today that's very rooted in clienteling and service and emotion. And that's also, it gets me excited to know that that is very much alive and well today and very intentional. Absolutely. Because it is about the human connection. Retail is not dead. (laughs) And for a while, I was really concerned that that was the case. I'm like, is this sustainable? Do I have to make a change? It's physically demanding. People move fast. How do I stay relevant? Well, I have amazing things to share and give back. And that's going to set the foundation and the building blocks for what the future is. So as long as I, the beauty of working for the brand I work for is that there's such 
commitment to continuing on the path. So I've only been in this organization for four months, although our conversations were for two years. And so many people in the organization started out running a business that may not exist today or doing radically different things to end up in the role that they're in today. And that's because our founder and CEO really believes in her people and she walks the talk. She's ready for the next phase of what our brand is going to evolve into. And I'm just so excited to be there at this point because it just feels like the patience and the timing are perfect. Mm -hmm. And what advice do you give to others thinking about that future role? And you know, I, I often say being a student of the industry, thinking about which brands are making important choices, doing the right things, bringing people forward, and making those decisions to join an organization at the right time. Sure. I've had those opportunities um, given to me, like the right brand at the right time, mm -hmm. and it has felt good, some of which is very intentional and some of which wasn't. Right. But it sounds like you've also done the same thing. Yes. When I look back to my younger self, I made decisions fast, and perhaps the reasoning wasn't always the best. Most times it was for the next position or the bigger role or maybe for more money, and I wasn't as thoughtful. And that is the nature of being young. You do, you're impetuous right. and you just do things to do things. But now, I think the most important thing is to lead with your heart and trust your gut and really know what's important to you. And does that company or that culture embody what motivates you and really moves you? So for me, I work for a brand and our foundational values are kindness, intelligence, and integrity. And that is, you may as well have described who I am and how I live my life. And it's so true. And I'm so proud to talk about it and where, where that you know, those words on my shoulder, on my tote bag every single day going to work. And our leader, Deirdre Quinn, walks the talk. And she's the most real person. And we've had wonderful conversations and just how she carries herself and, and um, communicates with everyone on the team and with the public is just so wonderful. So there's no doubts that the timing and patience was right. And here I am getting to share that story. Right. The greatest thing in the pandemic that I believe she supported and enforced was, well, one, how she treated the population of people doing everything she could possibly do to keep the company going and keeping employees safe and working. She invested hundreds of thousands of gowns to frontline workers so that they could do what they needed to do. That's amazing. We took something that's commerce but then applied it to saving lives. That's incredible. Right. And I'm honored that I work for such a brand and a group of people who recognize that and can take action and do it fast. Mm -hmm. Right. They yeah. have the resources to do that. Yeah. The infrastructure built to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Kristen, in my book, Retail Pride, I write what I believe to be the three pillars of retail success, which are empathy, curiosity, and focus. How does that show up for you? Because we've talked a lot about them, but how do they show up for you? Sure. Those topics show up every day, in every moment, in any order. Empathy, you never know. I had to listen to two people who work for me and their interpretation of what had happened one night when something didn't go right. 
they were visibly scared of what could come. Empathy was so important in the conversation and the outcome. And that's life. Focus is so difficult with technology and phone calls and the way the world exists today. For me personally, it's really important to filter out what's not important and to be able to do that fast. When I met you, Ron, you made me feel like I was the most important person in the room. And I left feeling that way. And that requires focus and a 100% commitment to the person you're with in that moment, no matter what is happening. Curiosity, we spoke about this too. Ask questions. You never know what you're going to find. And that's so exciting. The more you discover and the more curious you are, the bigger your world becomes, the, the wider the net you cast, and the connections and how you meet people and how you navigate become that much more grand, which is why we're here today. We'll wrap this up here, but what would you kind of tell your younger self as you're thinking about your education, thinking about this industry? What would you tell your younger self about where you are today? Lead with your heart, trust your gut, always be kind. Beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. Where can people find you? Sure. Well, it depends on the day of the week, but if it's through social media, you can find me on LinkedIn or you can find me on Instagram at Captain KC2015. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so very or welcome. Or running a marathon right. somewhere in, exactly. in a, here in New York City, wherever. Yes. Such a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I want to thank Kristen Conklin for being on the show today and to all of you for listening. It really means a lot. Please subscribe, review, and then share this podcast with everyone you know in retail. And there are a lot of us. Go to retailpride.com and follow me on Instagram at retailpride to see all of the details about the Retail in America tour, the cities we will visit, other media links, and so much more. I would love to meet you on the journey. Contact me directly to nominate a retail hero for this podcast, host a retail networking or book signing event in your city, or just to say hello. Keep your retail pride strong, and I will see you on the road.